0: Welcome to Speaking the Truth, in Agape Love Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Mitchell. Everyone, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Uh, I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. Good to have you with us um, on another podcast. Uh, As we study here, we're going to be talking, if you want to turn over to Mark chapter one, we're going to be starting our study there. But as always, if you have any questions or have anything you want to discuss with us, Send us an email at uh, truthinagapelove at gmail.com, and then you can also find us on Facebook um, at uh, Speaking the Truth in Agape Love. You can send us a message on there, or you can give us a share. Tell your friends if you like what you hear, and we're glad you're here with us on our study this evening. So I'm just going to go ahead, and we're going to jump right in. Uh, David brought us, Brother David brought us a lesson on the why, and so we're just going to talk about that, and, and we'll start with our, our text in Mark chapter 1.
1: Absolutely. So, the past, uh, I want to say, four weeks, four or five weeks, we have been really digging into a lot of the miracles of Christ, and so this, you know, and and looking at how amazing so many of them were, and and each one was amazing in and of itself, but there's so much more that we actually don't even hear about, and that's why... If you're already in Mark chapter 1, read verses 32 through 34 with me. And this kind of gives an illustration for us that, you know, Christ was always busy and, and the crowds were always thronging him and everyone was always around Christ. Uh, starting in verse 32, it says, At evening when the sun had set, They brought to him, being Christ, all who were sick and those who were demon possessed. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak, but they knew because they knew him. And so here is illustrating that there were so many other miracles that he performed that we don't really get into you know and even even the stories that we do hear about you know when i preached through matthew i felt like a broken record where christ is healing you know christ is casting out demons he's he's doing these performing these miracles i mean he did it over and over again you know as we read through the gospels of matthew mark luke and john but there were still even more As it talks about here in Mark, there was still a lot more that we don't know about. And, 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 you know,
0: just to point out, too, these were written for us. That's right. There's a reason. And I I love that because as we go through it, I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, there's a reason this was recorded for us. What should we learn from it? Yeah. Very good point. As we go through, these were given to us. Sure, there was many more, but these were given to us for
1: our learning. Yeah. And and there's so much that you can learn from these stories and and I think there's a lot of times where if you just read through them, you are really doing a disservice to yourself rather than really dissecting it like like you're saying, Chev, well why is this written for me? you know a few podcasts ago we talked about
0: the blind man and I realized something I'd never realized because, that you know just popped right out to me because it hadn't really studied about the two blind men that he healed yeah you know and they chased after him a blind man chased after him <laughs> yeah. because of what they had heard you know and so just as we go along and, and really study them and, and talk about them back and forth we can remind each other or or point out things more than if we're just reading through yeah
1: it. yeah those blind men you know running a bush can take you out <laughs> yeah That's, as a blind man, a bush can take you out sure. very oh, yeah. easily. Oh, yeah, they ran after him. <laughs> and, they, and they ran after him. Like, that didn't stop them. And, uh, you know, of course, you see those um, people who are looking down at their phones and they're walking and they run into a pole. I mean, imagine being blind. I mean, that's that's your life. <laughs> yeah. But yet that didn't stop them from chasing after the Lord. Yeah. But, you know, these things are, are written. And then when you turn over to John chapter 30, or John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. There are no chapter 30 in John. Yeah, I was going to say 30? (laughs) It's John 20. Yeah, John John chapter 20. 20. There's only 21 chapters in John. We were about to reveal you something that's not written. (laughs) That's right. But verse 30 and 31 of John chapter 20. And even as we read in Mark 1, where many came to them and and they all brought all those who were demon-possessed and ill, and and Christ healed them all, in verse 30 of John chapter 20, says, "...and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book." So there were even so much more that aren't even written, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ." The Son of God and that believing you may have life in his name.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge point because just what I was saying earlier. Very
1: powerful point.
0: These are all written. There's a reason why they're written and it's for our believing. Yeah. You know, and so we we ought to be thankful they're here for us. Yeah. You know, and, and they're 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 every one of them's in here for a reason.
1: And and how blessed we are that God doesn't want us to blindly follow him. Mm-hmm. You know, they're written so that we can believe in Him. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't have to just blindly follow. And, yeah. and that, that's a huge comfort for us. But these are written so that we can believe that Jesus is the Christ. And, and so with that, you know, I, I, the title of the sermon that I gave was The Why? You know, because one of my questions that I've I've asked myself is why would Jesus be willing to do all of this? Why would He be willing to go through what He went through? And you know, um, a couple weeks ago in the podcast we were talking about how the the crowds were thronging Him. Yeah, you know they, I mean they they were intensely around Him all the time where He couldn't even move, and and there were times where He was. Pushed outside of the city. At the end of of Mark chapter 1, that the last verse also illustrates that too. That he was pushed outside the city and they were still coming to him from every direction. And so Mm -hmm. he was always always being thronged and and always having this huge crowd around him. Now, I don't even care if you like people or not. Having that all the time would get very irritating. You know, and, and... and I'm not trying to—hopefully I didn't come across wrong when I said that. But there's times where you just want peace. Like, you just want to be left alone. Yeah. There's times where you just want to go home in your room and, and shut the door and not have anyone bother you. Well, this was not the case for Christ. He There were times where he didn't have moments to himself because of the, the crowd and everyone seeking him. And, of course, you can understand Christ can heal you. Of course you're going to be seeking after him. You know, and so, but why would he be willing to go through all this? You know, and and when you look, he didn't do it for any kind of earthly gain. Yeah. Whereas in, you know, um, sometimes people today claim that they can heal. And a lot of times they have great followers and they... And and I'm not judging their hearts, but perhaps sometimes it's to line their own pockets with wealth. Well, imagine actually being able to heal people the way Christ did, and and that's another thing that that we can look at too. You know, from Mark one, he didn't pick and choose who he was going to heal. He yeah. healed everyone. Yeah, anyone that came to him, he healed them. They were demon possessed. He cast them out. He healed everyone that came to him. Yeah. And yet, he didn't do it for wealth. If he was doing it for wealth, he would have been the richest, he would have been richer than any king. Mm-hmm. So, as you said that, you know,
0: the fact that he didn't do it for for riches, you know, Luke nine fifty eight says, Luke nine fifty eight says, and this is Jesus speaking, says, and Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds have... Um, the air, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Very good point. He didn't have anything.
1: No. And, and, um, there's another. Physically. F- yeah. He didn't have anything physically except the clothes, you know, and they just. On his back. And, and he didn't even have a home to go into. And that's what was being illustrated in Luke nine fifty eight. Mm-hmm. He didn't even have a home to, to lay his head down. You know, um. There's a song that we oftentimes sing, um, His Pillow Was Stone. Yeah. You know, where a rock was his pillow. Yeah. Now, if anyone... Like, I don't even like a, uh, a hard pillow to sleep on. I wake up with a horrible headache. <laughs> so, you know, I, was, I think that's a great example because let's everyone
0: think. Everyone's listening. You and I. Let's just think about the fact that you don't have... You don't know where you're going to sleep tonight. Yeah. And you don't have a regular place to sleep. Just think what that would be like. That would be stressful. I can't even imagine. No. And and I'm like you, David. I got my pillow when I travel. I got my pillow. I got a couple other things that help me sleep. Yeah. That I take with me. And, um, you know, even if the blankets aren't right sometimes, you know. Yeah. Uh, or if the or if you're, you're, you're traveling and you're on a, a too hard of a bed or not soft enough, whatever. Yeah. Too soft, whatever. Um, the, the, it, it it really wrecks us, and it takes about three days, I think, to get comfortable wherever I'm at. Because you can get used to certain things. But, but Jesus went from—he didn't have a, a common place where he laid his head. Yeah. Really, ever, I don't imagine.
1: And when you have a, a bad night of sleep— are, are you yourself the next day? No. Like, you know, there was... Um, and then you get up and everyone's chasing after you again. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the last time I went camping, uh, and by camping I mean in a tent, mm-hmm. sleeping on the ground, I didn't even have an air mattress, um, <laughs> as, as even that's bad, right? Mm-hmm. But I remember all night was a horrible night's sleep because there was like this rock sure. in my back. Sure. Like, the whole night and the worst night of sleep I, I could have could have ever gotten I think we all have those stories oh man for sure and, and I am not myself the next day mm-hmm. and then imagine the crowd thronging you on top of that mm-hmm. no I mean it, it and and really Jesus didn't let it bother him no you know he just
0: dealt with it and you know and then we have these examples of of the woman who touched his cloak, you know, and there's these people that are the thronging him and you know, we're only given the accounts that were given, but just it happened all the time and uh for him. So yeah, it's interesting.
1: Yeah. And it, you know, and just to to reiterate this point that there was so much um with Christ that we really don't know a lot about you know and I, I mean we just get glimpses of it like what we're talking about his pillow of stone type of scenario he has nowhere to lay his head the but it doesn't get into the stress and the the bad nights or the sleepless nights of of sleep and now ha, the Chad, thing has, is, I guess, have you ever um and i didn't mean to cut you off but you know one thing that petrifies me of of sleeping on the ground is a snake coming in the middle of the night you know he had to worry about that every night you know and in the wilderness that's that's where snakes hang out you know but all of that that was just a part of his life i
0: think uh you know it's it's interesting because really jesus was on a mission he had a mission and it was to try to um save so so this stuff was all just petty to him you know it didn't matter like it does to us he's on a mission you know and if you were on a mission you know you're going to do something you can sleep wherever you know because you're you're committed to the cause okay yeah so so you know i think jesus this didn't bother jesus like it would us but we can we can relate and go man he didn't even care he didn't even care that he didn't yeah. have a place to sleep. That didn't to sleep. stop, him from, didn't stop him from doing the work. And it didn't stop him from doing the work. Very good point. And so it didn't matter to him, you know, because he's 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 God, you know, and yep. and and of course, you know, he was tempted, as we are. So you know that he was maybe suffered from some of these things, just like we do. Yeah. Because he was human. That's right. You know, so he he suffered from them. Yeah, I'm sure he woke up with a stiff neck here and there, you know? And that's horrible. That's a horrible way to start the day.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Or waking up with a horrible headache. Sure. Oh, yeah.
0: Sure. And so, you know, he suffered from these things, but he was on a mission. He was committed. He had a job to do. Yeah. And he did it. And he didn't complain, (laughs) you know?
1: Maybe this will show my my weak side, but when I was working at the post office, if I woke up with a headache, I was tempted to call into work. Sure. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I was tempted to just... Colin would be like yeah I don't want to come to work because because I got a headache
0: well I you know? think maybe do you think this would be a good s- spot to to go to um, John 6
1: yeah and and while we're turning there this is just but the you know bringing this up really ties into the the question why would Christ be willing to do this yeah why would he be willing to go through this and and the blessing it is for us really sure that he was willing to go through it, you know. And so, in John chapter 6, we're going to be starting in verse 25. Now, to kind of back up to get the get you in the scene of everything, at the beginning of John chapter 6, Christ just fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two small fish, according to um, John That's right. chapter 6, Verse 9 with five loaves of, of bread and two fish, two small fish. It has to, it says two small fish. And so, three loaves of bread, I, I would eat myself, right? And so, feeding 5,000 with only that, again, just shows the miracle and, and the signs behind it. So, he just got done feeding them. And then, right after that, he walked on the water. And so, coming into verse 25, we we see, right after all that transpired, we see the people looking for Christ, and they they were searching for him, and so when they found him, this is the beginning of of verse 25 uh, of John 6, it says, and when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, You seek me not because you saw a sign, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Then they said to him, What shall we do? that we may work the works of God. Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then, that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? (laughs) Our Father ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, "'Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world.' And they said to him, "'Lord, give us this bread always.' Jesus said to them, "'I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger.'" And he who believes in me shall never thirst. But I say to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And all who comes to me I will by no means cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me. That of all he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Okay, so we'll stop there. Now going back up to the top.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I got a few comments yeah, on Yeah,
1: absolutely. Go ahead. Well, I think,
0: uh, you know, Jesus, he, he immediately condemns them because he knows why they seek him. Yeah. Because they're hungry. They want more mm-hmm. physical things. And he points out, Most assuredly, I say to you, Seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So he's, he's condemning them. In verse 27, Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has sent set his seal on him. One thing I wanted to point out here is, you know, as we talk about some of the things that he went through where he didn't have anything in this world, that's not what it was all about. Yeah. The only thing that mattered was the the food which does not perish, which was him, the son of man. Yeah. You know, and so that's all that mattered. All this other little stuff that really would bother us didn't bother him because in this physical life, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't it's not worth it wasn't it important, yeah, the physical
1: things weren't important mm-hmm. and you know that's what's kind of funny is is we work our entire lives essentially for the food that perishes, mm-hmm. you know we work for this food that perishes, and here he's saying it, you can't buy this food mm-hmm. you know and, and this is really prophesying. Uh, of what was said in Isaiah 55. Turn over there. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3. I'll give you a minute to turn over there, but, you know, um, this is what Christ is illustrating. You know, don't don't buy things that perish.
0: I can read it if you
1: want me to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, verses 1 through 3 of Isaiah 55.
0: Okay. So 1 through 3 says, Um, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread, and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear, and come to me. Here come to me, here and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, the sure mercies of David.
1: Okay, so this is this is the bread that Christ is illustrating here. The bread that you cannot buy with money. Mm-hmm. That's him. Mm-hmm. He, he he came down from heaven to give us something that we cannot purchase, we cannot earn what he is giving us, but he's, he's freely giving it to all who are willing to follow him, you know, and that's, this is the bread and the the water that Jesus can only supply, you know, and Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name given among men by which we must be saved. There is no one else that offers what Christ offers us. And this is what he's illustrating in John 6.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of want to go back there a little bit.
1: Absolutely. But this is what Christ is is offering us, you know. So don't don't seek the physical life, but rather seek the spiritual life. You know, seek seek the food that he gives us because he gives us eternal life. Yeah.
0: So well, I just gonna say that they um, they ask him what, what in verse twenty eight. They said, "What shall we do that we may work the works of God?" They're asking him, "What should we do?" Yeah, and Jesus tells them, "Well, this is the work of God that you believe in Him who sent who He sent." You know, and then they have the gall to say, um, in verse thirty, said to him, <laughs> yeah. "What sign will you perform?" I mean, have they not been paying attention here? You know. Yeah what sign will you perform then then that we may see it and believe you what work will you do yeah you know and keeping he's keeping like, in
1: mind he just fed 5000 you sure <laughs> and when you look at uh, matthew uh, then they bring up the manna in the desert yeah
0: you know then they that came from moses or sorry yeah
1: moses yeah and not god yeah and and when you yeah misquoted uh, it was Exodus 16, mm-hmm. verse 4 and verse 15 there, you know, in, in Exodus 16, illustrating that God is the one that gave it to him. So Christ was, you know, correcting them. But when you look <laughs> at, at Matthew 14, verse 21, okay. it says, five, well, actually, let's just turn over there. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 14. Verse 21. So again, this is the the same story that we read about in, in John 6, at the beginning of John 6, the feeding of the 5,000. But in verse 21, you know, ending this, right before Christ is getting ready to walk on the water, um, but in verse 21 of Mark 14, it says, Now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men, Besides women and children, okay. So that five thousand didn't even include women and children. Yeah. So that number could have easily been doubled was or tripled. Doubled. It was at least doubled. Yeah. And so, and and I, we'll never know the the amount of people. But there were <laughs> there were at least five thousand. But the fact that that he mentions besides women and children, we know there were more than five thousand people there, and yet. The five loaves and two small fish fed them all.
0: I wanted to say something too here, because you know, um bread's important. Yeah, absolutely for our for our survival. Survival. Yeah, you know, and um, you know, because, and then of course Jesus rebukes him and says, I, "Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven." So, so. He, so, you know, in a sense, the way that um, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world, that's Jesus. Jesus is bread. So think about how important bread is. You know, um, I like um, watching documentaries on World War II. And Hitler uh, decided instead of sending enough soldiers to take over the city of Stalin, is what it was, in I think it's in, um, Well, I can't can't remember where Stalin is exactly. But um, they decided to starve them, okay? And basically block off all the entries to the city. And this went on for two years. And somehow they were able to get bread in. But everyone was allotted a certain amount of bread, and they started out with a big amount, okay? They got to the point where, they were all given less bread than was needed to survive per day. Ooh. Okay. And everyone started they were skinny. You see the pictures of the of the people in the even the concentration camps that were just you could see their bones, you know. Yeah. Okay. And so that's what happens when you don't have bread. Okay. Bread's important, you know, and I, I made a note of that, you know, off of this Matthew 14 21. Yeah, bread was important. It was important to the Israelite or the Israelites when they got it in the. That was important. That's what kept them alive. Was the bread. Yeah, and so now he's telling these people in uh, John here that the bread of God is he. You know, the, it's mo, it's better. Yeah, I mean, and it's just as important as bread is in this life. Yeah, and as and we recognize, we don't even know what's like, David. To go, really to, to go without food. You know, we always have a meal three, three times a day. We're eating, you know? Yeah. Sometimes I go eat. I'm not even hungry, but it's time to eat, you know?
1: <laughs> I have to eat because right? it's, it's eating time. It,
0: exactly. And so it's lunchtime. We got to go eat, you know? <laughs> and so, you know, that's how we are now. And so just recognizing how important it is for us in our physical life, the bread. Yeah. It's even that much more important our spiritual life and Jesus is the bread. And you know, this
1: is why I this is why um, God is, is so amazing. He He simplifies it in ways that we can understand his well, wisdom. Sure. It makes perfect sense. Uh, absolutely. And so that's why Christ is referred to as the bread of life and as the living water. It's because we can comprehend how important bread is and how important water is if we don't get it we die yeah and so he is using what we know to help us understand his importance yeah he is is crucial and without him we have no eternal life and we only have eternal life in him so he is the bread and the living water that he's talking about here and very good point to bring out, Chad.
0: And like in verse 34, they said, then then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. I don't think they even still understood what he was talking about.
1: Right. And when, when you back up to um, verse 27, you know, the, the question that I asked at, at the beginning, you know, why? Why did Christ go through this? You know, the reason why... We should accept Christ as the living bread and as the living water is stated in verse 27. At the end, it says the Father has set His seal on it, or on Him. You know, this is the Father's seal is on Christ, meaning the Father has authorized and authenticated Jesus Christ as the savior mm-hmm. and through the miracles that Christ performed this is why Christ did what he did this is why Christ was willing to have no place to lay his head that's why he was willing to be thronged by the by the multitudes all the time was to show us and to prove to us that he is the way mm-hmm. and and that's just that statement alone is just amazing, you know. When you think about it, he was willing to go through this, so we know that he is from the Father. Yeah, that the Father authorized him to be the Savior. You know, Jesus. His the name Jesus means the Anointed One. Well, and, when they said, when they said, um, "What shall we do that
0: we may um, work the works of God?" He he answers them and says. Um, Jesus said, Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you may believe in him who he sent. So, um, and now does this mean um, that they believe in God or Jesus? Both. Yeah.
1: Where they believe that Jesus Christ is sent from the Father. Yeah. And so, you know... it. Also in, uh, I believe it's John 10, but Christ says, you you believe in God, believe also in me. Yeah. You know, and and this is what was so crucial for Christ to only do the will of the Father. Yeah. Proving that he was was sent from the Father. Well, and then in
0: verse 32, you know, as we've already read, but just kind of pointing it out as we talk along here. Yeah. Jesus says, Moses, surely I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven but my father gives you the true bread from heaven which is Jesus that's right um for the bread of god is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world and that's what jesus did and and basically without bread there's no life and jesus is the bread that that keeps life yeah
1: you know that tr- tr- perfect bread the the eternal life that that we all seek and The biggest problem that we face today is not being able to um, look past this life. We're not able to look past what's in front of us. You know, there's an an illustration where you give a child an option of either taking a nickel today or a dime tomorrow. They're always going to take the nickel today because they can't, Think past today. Well, we need to look for that dime tomorrow. Whereas in, what I mean by that is we need to look past this life. We need to look past Mm -hmm. what's in front of us. Well, in verse 36, he says, but I said to you that you have
0: seen me and yet do not believe. So can we look past it? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, And we can get ourselves turned away from it. And there's there's a whole flood of people who don't even believe any of this. Yeah. You know, they just ignore it and look past it.
1: Well, and, and how scary and sad that is when you, if this life is all you had to hope for. Yeah. You know, where, man, there's, if this is it, that's. Well, That's sad business there.
0: And then Jesus says in verse thirty-eight. Sorry to keep going here, but absolutely. But 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 for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. Yeah. So Jesus didn't come to do His will; He came to do the Father's will. Yeah, you know, and 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 that and that just goes right back to the fact that Jesus didn't have to have the finest things. You know, um, I like watching a. There's a there's a YouTube channel, I can't remember the Finite, I think is what it's called. And they 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 are always doing they did a they had to do a two-part series on people that were rich and then became broke. Okay? And so there's there's a ton of things and and the, as I was watching it, there's like 20 people. And you know, there's people like Mike Tyson, uh even Michael Jackson. You know, where they, they had all this money in the world and even some of the um, famous uh, actors, yet they just pandered it away and all of a sudden had to file bankruptcy. Yeah. Because they had bought all these things and they had all these fine things and these nice things and cars and, and multiple houses and they got all this stuff and then all of a sudden they couldn't realize they couldn't afford it all. and they had to sell everything (laughs) and they were bankrupt and basically had nothing Mm -hmm. and then they're past their career and they're basically broke they have no money even though they were this famous person for a while Yeah, Jesus didn't come that way he didn't come and expect the finest things in life he was not a king that had servants and all this fine stuff in life he came with nothing you know and you know, it's it's kind of one of those like with these rich people that lost everything is like, "What were you thinking?" Well, they let, they let it go to their head. Yeah. They let the riches spoil them and yeah. then they couldn't maintain that lifestyle.
1: Well, and you know what's funny is a lot of times speaking of the rich, you know, they're to hear their um, their problems yeah. that they have, <laughs> the people who struggle every day just to live, they're <laughs> yeah. like you know, I'll watch it, and I'm like, you have no idea mm-hmm. how hard life can be. Sure. You know, and even me, I I can't imagine how hard it could actually be. Absolutely. Like, the way Christ lived, if he came down and and lived like a king, and let's face it, that's even more than we deserve. But if he lived like a king, he wouldn't be able to sympathize with our weaknesses. He mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to sympathize with knowing how it is to go without yeah christ knew exactly how it is to go without he knew exactly how it was to not have a place to call home yeah that's stressful you know and so and he was on a mission you know i talked earlier
0: he's yeah. on a mission to come and um that you know he was focused on that yeah for i've and but but he didn't come to do his will but god's will
1: yeah and you know as you were talking about. Only doing the will of the Father. In in verse 38 of John 6 that you were illustrating. Yeah. When you turn over to Hebrews chapter 1. Okay. Verse 3 also illustrates this point. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says, Who being in the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high, and so th- this verse is very uh, is very packed with a lot of good things. Who, being in the brightness of his glory, okay. you know, he is he is the brightness of his glory. Meaning, you know how the the moon doesn't have its own light, it merely reflects the light of the sun. Sure. That's not the way of Christ. He is actually the brightness of his glory. He is his the father's brightness. And because or and he is the express image of his person. Now this is the new King James. When you go back to the Greek word it also means the exact representation of the Father. So he is the exact representation in every way, shape, and form. So when Christ in John 6, 38 says that he, he came down not to do his own will, but the will of the Father who sent him, he only did the will of the Father. He was exactly like the Father. Yeah. And, and we, we can't fathom how blessed we are from that example. You know, when, when you look through the Old Testament, you know, say Abraham or Moses or or Job, these people showing these amazing amounts of faith towards God. We we do see a glimpse of God through them. Where we do see but we see it almost like a reflection of the sun, like the moon. You know, and that's really all we can hope to be. I and, like
0: go ahead. Well I was just gonna say I like This verse here in Hebrews 1, um, verse 3. um, Because his person in upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. Yeah. By himself. That's right. Purged our sins. Sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. And then it goes on to say that um, having become so much better than the angels... As he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. What greater name than Jesus is there? There isn't. How do you purge, you know, how do you purge our sins by himself? Yeah. I mean, that's, we can't even relate. No.
1: And... and,
0: Who else has done that for us? (laughs) You know what
1: I mean? Nobody could have.
0: In the last podcast, we talked about one, there's one... You can quote One it. Lord, one, one, faith, Lord, one, one faith, one baptism, yep. and, and it was created by Jesus.
1: That's right. He He is the one way. Bec- and um, Isaiah fifty-five, or sorry, Isaiah fifty-three. Turn over there with me. You know, as you were saying, He by Himself. Yeah. To kind of illustrate, really, what this means. Starting in verse 4 of Isaiah 53. Now, this is the, the, the prophecy of yeah. how Christ is going to suffer. Mm-hmm. In verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yeah. Perfectly illustrating exactly what you were saying. Yeah. I he mean, he went through all of this. I mean.
0: I like where he says we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God. Because when you think about it, it's like. It's almost like he's being punished when he was, was uh, <clears throat> crucified on the cross for some reason. Yeah. It wasn't for anything that he did. No. It was for what we did. Yeah. He was <laughs> being punished because we failed. He was wounded for our transgressions. Yeah. And bruised for our iniquities, not because of anything he did. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's some, That's an inner... I mean, you know, I've never really looked at it that way, per se, but... Yeah. All mm-hmm. the all the beatings and the, the ridicule and I mean, we talk about he's spat in the, the soldier spat in his face.
1: There, oh man. To
0: me there's no more degrading thing than someone spitting in your face, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well and can Why? You, Why did he go through that? Yeah. You and me. That's right. And when you think about it, if you are going to lose your temper, <laughs> it's gonna be when I spit in your face. Oh boy. And yeah. and but not only that, he had the power to do something about it, and he still didn't. Yeah. He had, while they were spitting in his face, he could have called a legion of angels just to come and destroy that one person that spit in his face. He, yeah. You know, he, he could have, he could have done it, but... And by his stripes, we are healed. Yeah. You know?
0: Just uh, think about that for a minute.
1: Yeah. And and think about the the many stripes that he had. I mean the the scorging tool had anywhere from like 3 to 7 straps coming off the handle mm-hmm. and in in each one of the straps was like bone you yeah. know chunks of bone things or things that cut the flesh metal it was designed to not just cut the flesh but dig into it and rip the flesh so as it's as it's being whipped on this back r- ripping into the flesh and and ripping the skin i mean that's the design of it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: when you think about that, he did that for us.
0: Yeah, all we like sheep have gone astray. Yeah. We have turned everyone to his own way. And, and how, the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all.
1: How amazing and, and how blessed we are to have a savior so loving yeah. as as this. And this is actually um this is gonna kinda be where uh my lesson's gonna go next week because okay. I, I couldn't exactly hit on the the love aspect. <laughs> oh, man. In, in my lesson because that's that's a lesson in and of that's itself. That's a whole you know? lesson right there. Yeah, I, I couldn't bring up both these points. Well, don't give away too much. Right? <laughs> yeah, I no. But you know, to, so to go back how Christ was the exact representation of the Father and how important that was for us to be able to follow after Him. Yeah, you know when when you look at the the amazing people of the Old Testament, like Abraham, Moses, take your pick. There's so many to choose from, Joseph, Job, and all of them. Every one of them shows glimpses of great faith in God and shows glimpses of being a great servant to the Lord. However, they all failed. At some point in their life, they all chose to do their own will rather than the will of the Father. Not it, it, and understand it, it. It wasn't their whole life that they did this. Like for example, David, he was a man after God's own heart. However, he um, had an adulterous relationship with Bathsheba. Yeah, had her husband killed. Well, that's that's pretty intense. Those adultery and murder. You know, yeah. he was guilty of that. But then when he when it was presented to him. He turned back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, but we don't have a perfect example to follow after. Only in Christ do we have a perfect example. So we, we get, throughout the Old Testament, we get glimpses of great faith, but rather we don't get the exact perfect way to the Father. We only get that through Christ. Mm-hmm. Christ showed perfectly how we follow Him. Yeah, But his His life on earth allowed us to be able to see how to serve the father to see how to to be righteous wholehearted righteousness is only found through Christ and so i think too he was always he was constantly um
0: preaching to the disciples that his kingdom was not of this earth he was continually doing that yeah, and they never really got it until he ascended into heaven. Yeah, you know? And <laughs> yep. because it just didn't make sense to them. You know, and you know, for us, you know, we we are so physically minded that that we would have probably been in the same boat because a kingdom yeah. physically makes way more sense than something you can't see. Yeah. And and so, you know, that's where our faith comes in.
1: Well, and how many people think that there's still this earthly kingdom that's going to be established? Mm -hmm. When Christ even says in Mark 9, 1, when Christ said to them, Assuredly I say to you that there are some standing here who will not taste death till they see the kingdom of God present with power. And so Christ is even telling them here that... There are going to be some who are standing before Jesus Christ at that time. They will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God
0: mm-hmm.
1: present with power. So, clearly, not 2,000 years later, we're, we can't be still waiting for it because it had to have been established. Mm-hmm. And so, what the kingdom of God is his church that he established mm-hmm. as Christ is the head of that church as well. And so that's the kingdom of God, his church. And so, you know, um, going back to what you're saying, though, how many people are are confused about that?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And still today people there's a lot of people who are still confused about that <clears throat> but so the, as Christ is the perfect example, we are so blessed and and this is exactly why he, did what he did, and the, this is exactly why he was willing to go through all of that horror and all of the um, the crowds thronging him and the hard life that he lived. He he lived to give us the perfect example to follow after. Yeah. Did we read Matthew six nine nineteen yet?
0: No, that's a good one to go to. Turn yeah. over there. Yeah, Matthew nineteen Matthew or six. Matthew six nineteen. Yep. Because, you know, as he as he goes along, like I said, that he's he's talking to all his um disciples, he was constantly telling them about the spiritual kingdom. Yeah. Constantly. You know, constantly. And 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 you know, he was always giving hints, dropping hints, you know. And this is a good verse right here, because this is early on, you know. Yep. So he says in verse 19 of of Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there's a lot there for us to, to look at because... Um, we've all seen things, we've all had to get a new car, (laughs) a new whatever, you know, things wear out Yep. and moth destroy, you know, um, we don't really have a lot of moths here in Idaho.
1: No, but we do, I'm sure have thieves that can break
0: in and steal. We sure have thieves (laughs) that can break in and steal. Yeah. But, uh, my understanding, a moth can, can, can break, can, can, uh, destroy like a garment, yeah. you know they'll just totally ruin it you won't even know you go to grab it and it just falls apart holes in your shirts all over yep yeah and so um we all know of things that get destroyed here on this earth but if you lay up treasures in heaven there are no moths you know and and so and he was always talking about this and yeah. the, and and it makes sense to us you know for sure today that we have to lay up treasures in heaven
1: because we have the the complete revelation before us. You know the the Bible, we can see the whole picture as, as they couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know they didn't have the whole picture in front of them. So, you know, understand. I'm not. We're not coming down on his disciples for not no, no. getting it. No, no no no. But it, it's this. Um, He's always talking about it. He he was always dropping these hands and like he you're saying.
0: Like there, he says, um, "Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also." That's a huge part too. That is a because, very huge part.
1: Because where is your heart? Is yeah. it in physical things
0: or is it in spiritual things?
1: And and we we've talked about this uh, a few times in, in our podcast where people lay all of their treasures on earth. You know, and we were just talking about you know. Um, these celebrities that went bankrupt and all that stuff, all their treasure was in this life. And and they they threw all of their money and all their efforts to getting this money to, to get all this stuff. Yeah. And then they had to turn around and, I mean, it can be taken away from you. Sure. You know, and.
0: It's just incredible because some of these people had millions, even billions of dollars. Yeah. At some point. And yet. Their lifestyle was all for this life. Yeah. All the finest things, you know, they dropped $50,000 a night. Yeah. On whatever.
1: Dropping a million dollars on a watch. Yeah, that's, you know?
0: that's just crazy. And, you know, one of them, I can't remember which one it was, had a $850,000 jewelry bill.
1: Oh, And wow. that's what caused
0: them to file bankruptcy. <laughs> an 853 you know that's over 3 quarters of a million oh, dollars man. jewelry bill yeah you know for what to just look good yeah you know and so when we think about it it seems really silly but yet we can ourselves be in that same situation and mindset
1: yeah well and you know a lot of times we we read these stories and and we're we're reading these stories with our pocketbook mm-hmm. and what i mean by that is uh there's no way I could ever spend that kind of money on something like (laughs) that. Yeah, no I I can't even fathom even having that money, let alone spending it on that. But, you know, because we see it as, you know, this is how much we could help our families with that kind of money and all that. that's a fine necklace you got there, David. (laughs) But, I mean, with their pocketbook, I mean— at the time, they could afford sure. it and still have a nice house and a nice car to drive where, like, for example, one, you know, my um, one of my dream cars is like a nice Lamborghini. Okay. I've always wanted a Lamborghini, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. They could be upwards of a million dollars. Sure. Multi-million dollars. And, and so, you know, spending that kind of money, just having that kind of money, I can't imagine having that money, let alone and spend it on one thing. But... You know, having it, that can go down the drain. Well, and how
0: great that is. Okay, imagine a Lamborghini. How great is that? Yeah. How much better are the treasures in heaven? How That's much, right. How much greater are the treasures in heaven than that Lamborghini? Yeah. The Lamborghinis wear out. That's right. Okay? Jewelry, fades, whatever. Yeah. You know, all these things go away. You, you know, you look at even some of these mansions... That just fall apart. Yeah. There's castles over in Europe that are just shambles. Yeah. But yet one day they were great. But how much greater are the treasures in heaven? It's way greater than
1: that. Yeah. Than anything that you could buy physically. That's his point. And I had had somebody tell me one time, you know, give me a a good piece of advice. They said, live within your means. Mm -hmm. You know, where, yes, we all have to work. Mm-hmm. But if you live outside of your means, that forces you to get a second job, and yeah. forces your spouse to get another job, and and so be- between you and your spouse, you're working four jobs. You know, it, just to live the lifestyle you want. Mm-hmm. You're investing everything into this life, mm-hmm. whereas in then you have no time and no effort storing treasures in heaven. Where no one can get to it. it, and it will never fade away. This yeah. is something that we can't emphasize enough. It will never fade away. No. And when you store it up there, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is the first command with promise. And so the store of your treasures in heaven, that's where your heart will be also. And your heart is where God is. Oh, man, that yeah. is what he's illustrating. Lay, put your heart where God is. God not just desires, but expects us to have a heart for him. And not only does God expect it, but he deserves more than that. But yet that's all we can offer him. Keeping in mind, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of that sin, the sin that we have all committed, the wages of that sin is death. So that's what we all deserve. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so store your treasures up where He is and invest into eternal life because... That is a gift. That is a gift that we don't deserve. That is a gift that we cannot earn. It is a blessed gift from God given to us through Jesus Christ. So believe in Him. Mm-hmm. So it's, did did you have anything else?
0: Well, I was looking at, um. What's Ro- let's look at Romans 1. Yeah, that's a good one. That, 16 and 17. That's a great place to... Uh, yeah, we're just about out of time. Up. I can't believe we're out of time already, Man. David. That's what happens when we're having fun, right? <laughs> exactly. I, <you laughs> we're know, Bible nerds here, well, so we like think, talking about it. I think it's it's it should sink into us a little because you know, we put a lot of stock into physical things and and really they don't matter, you know. And yeah. And all that matters is the treasures that we lay up in heaven. And you know, and, and it should should kind of humble us all. You know, we talked about humble, being humble in the last um, podcast. That's and, right. And, and so it should just kind of humble us. But I'm going to read this Romans 1. We'll read 16 and 17. Um, says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Yeah. And, you know, we need to try to be the just people. That, um, we need to be just and live by faith. Of course, you know, we've talked about that. Um, we're, we're like those two blind men, you know? Yeah. We didn't see all these things happen, all these miracles that we read about with Jesus. We didn't see them happen, but we believe it. They we, didn't walk
1: by sight; they walked by faith.
0: By faith, yeah. yeah, and and so, you know, we we haven't seen it, but we can read it, and it, it's in the God's inspired word. You know, yeah. we we go back and forth and, and look at the the prophecies and the fulfillments. There's nothing that contradicts anything in yeah. this, and we can put our faith in in His word, and these things that that Jesus spoke and and lived. Yeah, you know, He lived. As we live. He's tempted, tempted as we were, yet he was not. He didn't give in to sin.
1: Yeah. And, and, not, and
0: we can believe that.
1: Yeah. And and let's not be ashamed of the gospel. No, not ashamed it, of it. It is the power of God mm-hmm. for everyone who believes. Yeah. And it it is salvation. Mm-hmm. Why would we not be shouting it at the rooftops? Mm-hmm. You know, why would we why would we be ashamed of this? Yeah. This is we shouldn't. This is the greatest treasure map, as as I say. This is the greatest treasure map, leading us to the best treasure ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and 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 if if people make fun of us, great. I
1: yeah. don't
0: care. You make fun. I mean, I think Noah. Look at all the people oh, who made man. fun of him for making the ark. You know. Yep. And uh, you know it paid off for him. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 so yeah, I mean, even if they want to make fun of us, it doesn't matter. That's right. You know, our faith should be strong enough to resist that. And sure, we're going to be different. But, you know, as long as we're following Jesus. We're a peculiar people. Yeah, peculiar people. So, (laughs) man, oh, man, I can't believe we're out of time. But thanks, everyone, for joining us. And we'll be looking forward to our next study next week. Um, If you're in Blackfoot, you know, we'd love to have you at worship um, at 10 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Uh, 370 north shilling so we'd love to have you thank you guys if, for joining as always in. if you have any questions send us an email and and we'll do our best to respond to you thanks for joining guys yep thank you we'll see you